She doesn't know any better. But when you, if you teach them that, look, you know what? Your body is changing. Yes. It, it, it can be an attraction for the opposite sex. That doesn't make it right. Yeah. But unfortunately, the only person you can control is your body. Your body, yeah. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Anya Fombat, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, Or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, let's demystify sex. Like, let's just let it be what it is. And let's start from linking it with the African mentality and today's knowledge. So what do you have to add on that? I I think with the African mentality, sex has been overblown. Sex has been turned into something that you think, okay, you know what, even just mentioning the word sex, you're already a sinner. Yeah. You understand? You're just, I mean, you're already hellbound. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no turning back. But again, I, I just think it's because we've attached too much. I won't use the word buttons. I think we've attached too much to to sex. Yeah, sex is just basically, for me, it's just basically reproduction. Yeah, and it's pleasurable. Enjoyment. It's a way to have pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Enjoyment, you know, uh, expression. Yeah, I, I mean, I I tell people sometimes that. It's not until there's um, proper, inter- I mean, so a man and a woman can be together yeah. without actually having sexual intercourse yeah. as in the real thing yeah. and still be happy. very happy together. Yes, that's They're true. still very okay, you know. But again, because of, of what it is, you, you believe that, okay, once a man and a, I mean, which is so African, once you see a man and a woman come out of a room, yeah, you already have <laughs> the person that goes to your head is boom, the bad. Yeah. They could have they could have just been there talking. Yeah, that's true. They could have not been there listening to music. Yeah. But it's just who we are as Africans, you understand. Mm-hmm. Once we cannot explain things, mm-hmm. we blow it out of Yeah, mind. and we make assumptions. And, just, and that is just what it is. Right. And um, I also wanted sex to... Is, sex is sex. Right, right, it is. And and also, based on what we have also been um, talking about, another way to for us to just let sex be what, what it is, you know, I really want to also highlight on the fact that, you know, our African parents especially, they would rather teach children, if, if at all they want to even talk about sex, they would rather teach children about abstaining, right? Like, don't do it. 
rather than teaching yeah. them about the sex part of the sex education. You know, they will tell you, you know, they'll teach abstinence sex education, but they will not teach sex sex education, you know. And I f- they, don't even, they don't even let you know that there, there is pleasure in sex. In sex, yes, exactly. That's sex spot on. For our African parents is only for reproduction. It's only reproduction. For- yeah. And then apart, and then it's only supposed to be t- between two married people. people. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So anything out of that is seen as wrong. That's true. And again, I think it's because you you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And at, at times, at times changing, yeah, things are beginning to shift. Yeah. Honestly, things are beginning to shift. People are becoming a little bit, I'll use the word a little bit more relaxing to talk about it. Yeah. People are becoming a little bit okay to talk about it, not the way they should. Yeah. Some people still hide on the, oh no, um, they're still young. Yeah. When you they're still young. A 16 year old boy is young. <laughs> then when is he going to be a man? Right. When is right. 18. <laughs> again, you know, talking about sex, that is why I, I, I personally think that is why you see a lot of young people being confused about their sexuality. Oh yes, that's very true. Because you see, they, they, they don't know, they don't know, they can't understand what they're experiencing. Yeah. And like you rightly said, they can't go to their parents. Yeah. To even discuss it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but when we were growing up, watching TV and seeing two people kiss on TV, you <laughs> had to look down. Yeah. You had to look down. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't look at the screen. Yeah. And I used to wonder till today, but why? Yeah. You're not kissing me. You just couldn't look at it. Yeah. You understand? But today, the kids actually sit with you. Yeah. Watching, you understand? Because they, they, they have a better knowledge. Yeah. Number one, they have a better knowledge to know that, okay, it's, it's, it's acting. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not like it's real. Right. I actually taught my children from a very young age that look, some of these pornographic things are not good. Yeah, good because they're not good because they are bad, bad, bad. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm being honest and being nice with myself. Those people in the pornographic things, they're actors. Yeah, trying to make a living. They're actors. Yeah, (laughs) that is the way. That is the way I look at it. They're just trying to make a living. Mm -hmm. It might not for for some people. It might being judgmental is that in a good way. I'm not going to judge anything. I'm not in that kind of space to judge anything. Mm-hmm. But I've made them realize that you know what? It's it's like habit formation. Yeah. If you if you if you do something too often, you might get addicted. Addicted. Get addicted yes. Drinking water. Yes. Not even water. We can get addicted to drinking water. Yeah. So so what do you do? You just try to let them know that okay, no, you need to balance this. Yeah. It's, it's not good because of this reason. Mm-hmm. It's not good because you can. This can happen. Mm-hmm. But do you outrightly condemn it? No. Right. You understand? Yeah. You just let them see pros and the cons of whatever discussion you are bringing onto the table. Right. And that is why I think Africans should, especially African parents. Yeah. I think it's time we. I think it's time we're a little bit more fruitful with ourselves. Yeah. More fruitful with ourselves. Yeah. And try as much as possible. Maybe, like you said, spend more time with the children. Yeah. Look at this thing with a deeper insight. Yeah. A deeper insight, deeper knowledge of what you're trying to explain to them. Don't look at sex from the negative part. Mm -hmm. Look at it from the positive part and let them and be able to like 
teach the children about right that will get a very long way yes. education in the african setting yeah that's very true talking about a very long way um i know you had also mentioned that you have a lot of young children who are young adolescent kids who are actually confused you know they don't know what they want they don't know why they are feeling a certain way towards the opposite sex or the, or the same sex or stuff like that. But I don't even think it's only the young because these things actually go all the way into adulthood. Like I had mentioned, you have 40, 50, 60, even 70 year old people who are still in that 13, 12, 16 year old body because they carry this confusion to their adulthood and then at that time they believe it's too late to ask questions or seek advice from people because of course they're probably embarrassed that they don't know enough so they just keep it to themselves and they accept themselves that way and of course this confusion leaves with them it breaks marriages it breaks relationships you know and things like that even breaks them down mentally or psychologically you know so um it really really goes a long way to have that sex education and to and to educate these children as early as possible. Now, talking about that, when is it best to start talking to our children about sex and relationships? Like, what is the psychology behind it? Well, I, I would I would always, funny enough, I would always advocate that we start at the age of three, hmm. honestly, okay. or as as early as the child can talk. Yes. And what I mean by and what I mean by that is this. The more aware a child is, the better that child is. Yeah. For example, when when you know that a child is can talk, mm-hmm. and you let them know that okay, you know what, your body, like I always say to my then, your body is a temple. Yeah. It belongs to only you. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to say to them, you are the custodian of your body. Yeah. I said it's, it's just like. You are the only God that can take care of your body. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has control of your body. Nobody is allowed to touch your body. Yeah. No matter the place. You know, you understand? Because you see, like you rightly said, abuse starts in so many forms. Yeah. Some kids don't even know that they are being abused. That's true. No. You understand? They don't even they don't even realize it. But the, the whoever the adult in, involved knows what he or she is doing. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a topic for another. Yeah. So how do we start to educate the children? I think by the age of three. Yes. As long as they can talk. Talk. It's better for you to like go in steps. And I, I, that's why I use the word age-appropriate education. Yeah. You know, age-appropriate education. Like for the age of three, you know what you're going to teach them. Mm-hmm. Age of five, you know what you're going to teach them. Age of seven, would you be teaching a 13-year-old boy who is trying to eat puberty, you right. should teach him things that have to do with puberty. You should teach him, let him know that, look, you know what? At this age, these are the things can, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Why would you let uh, a 13 or 15-year-old girl, mm-hmm. no sex education, not aware of who she is. She's the baby of the family. The family is living in a cocoon. Oh, baby. Oh, your your daddy's girl. Mm. Oh, this, this, this. Every uncle she sees, she sits on their leg because mm. she doesn't know any better. She doesn't know. Yeah. You understand? She doesn't know any better. But when you, if you teach them that, look, you know what? Your body is changing. Yeah. It, it, it can be an attraction for the opposite sex. That doesn't make it right. Yeah. But unfortunately, the only person you can control is your body. Your body, yeah. You can't control the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Build a barrier around yourself where you do not, like I always say, you do not not cause yourself to make the other person to sin. Yeah, to be in a compromising situation. Exactly. 
like a 13 year old girl with um with with a breast developing you don't let her wear a see-through t-shirt that her nipples are standing out there and then you send that to the, to the supermarket down the road that you know that they're going to be like young men standing there that's indecent exposure right for the poor girl yeah because she doesn't know she anything. doesn't know yeah so those are the kind of things you, you you teach on time and i always say the best time is once the child can talk right and can understand what you're trying to tell that child right then it, it, it's always much better because like you said most children go through abuse even under the right under the nose of the parent parents yeah but because they are not aware of what is happening to them mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. they can't even they don't they don't even tell the parents yeah like and abuse is not only girls it's I not only girls yeah that's true no it's it's, it's both sex mm-hmm. boys are abused a lot mm-hmm. oh yeah that's true but it's always overlooked yeah it's always overlooked that's very true and then in the case of your the, your, the person you were talking about which i always say that is lack of exposure again. Yeah. Why would a parent, even if it's your blood brother, why would you let them be taking care of a young girl? Yeah. But again, some parents will tell you things like, oh no. He can never do that. Okay. The only person you can trust is yourself. Right. And you can't trust any other person. So do not put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Teach them as early as, as long as they can talk yeah. and assimilate what you're saying, you start to teach it. Right. And I mean, I wanted to add to what you're saying, you know, because some parents, right, you have a few parents that rightfully talk to their children as early as when they can talk, like, especially with the rampant nature of sexual harassment and sexual abuse, which, you know, I believe is not as highlighted in our African community as it is like in the Western communities. But I feel like it's something that we have to start highlighting in our community because there's so much that goes on behind closed doors in our African communities and nobody really talks about it or people just ignore it and the people don't go punished you know especially like the police even in the communities like if you if you read the book the lady's book she i mean the house boy was arrested but he was eventually released like not even shortly after you know so um things like that we we have to also i mean some parents rightfully talk to their children like but i feel like sometimes the the talks are focused more on girls than on boys now they would tell the girl hey if this uncle, if, if anybody wants to touch your PPO, or if anybody wants to touch you, you know, don't let them do it. Come tell me, come tell me, come tell me. But they never really tell the boys, like, if anybody wants to touch you inappropriately. And also, you know, like we mentioned, as we grow older, especially towards the puberty ages, like the, the men, especially, they have those hormones popping here and there, you know, the young men, you know. So sometimes you can't control your hormones. Like, nobody can tell a boy that, hey, don't touch a girl inappropriately, even if you like her or even if she's your friend, because, you know, it may be considered as harassment, you know, because back then you see a guy wants to hug a girl and he puts his hand on her butt, you know, but he does that innocently or he thinks it's maybe attractive or he's going to, you know, excite the girl somehow, but that's abuse. That's, that's harassment actually, you know? So I feel like we should not only educate, like that sex education actually should include sexual harassment like talk to the boys and even the girls about don't touch people inappropriately keep your distance 
try to be respectful of people's personal spaces, you know, especially of the opposite sex or the sex that you're attracted to. Because there's so much that, you know, with the Me Too movement and, you know, a lot of um, harassment cases out there, like you don't want to be put in a compromising situation that without even knowing it, and then you get accused for harassment. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. um, Going back to... um... Africans not reporting um, abuse. I, I, I think, in all honesty, we don't. Yeah. Again, because of culture. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 the first thing they will always tell you is this. Oh, no, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's going to have a damaging effect on the child. It's like a ripple effect. When she gets older, if they know she's been raped. If they Nobody want to touch her. Nobody's going to want to marry her. Yeah. Or you could stain our family name, the reputation of the family, and things like that. What, but what have, what, what have you done? You've actually silenced her. One bad person go scot free. Yeah. And that's just the truth about it. If you've allowed one bad person go scot free. But once, once, and then again, why don't we teach these children, especially the girl child, how to defend themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Because talking, you saying, okay, make sure you come and tell me. I've seen cases where people will tell you things like, when I wanted to go and report, Auntie was busy. Mm. Auntie was doing this. Yeah. Or when I went there, she wasn't there. Yeah. Time and time and space. It just wasn't at the same time. So it goes on. And some of them, again, they get threatened. Maybe the guy is telling them things like, oh, no, if you tell, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Again, some of them is lack of attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe that person is telling them, oh, no, you know, you're so pretty. You know, the, the nice things they want to, that they're not getting. But once, as a parent, if you do give your child the utmost attention and that child doesn't feel inadequate, yeah. they won't seek for gratification out somewhere there. Right. So Africans, we do not report it because of that little stigma we are attached to it. Yeah. And then going to the boy child, I had more interest in the boy child. Mm-hmm. because I had a son first and mm-hmm. I just felt you know what this thing goes on a lot mm-hmm. but it goes on undetected mm-hmm. because we just assume boys never get abused right and it just it was just a wrong assumption mm-hmm. but they, they they honestly do get abused mm-hmm. and again part of the problems we have is because the African culture has taught us that and funny enough on my on my on my program this month I'm actually talking about the vulnerability of men. Mm. The African culture has taught men, especially from a very young age as boys. Right. You need to be tough. Oh yeah. Men don't cry. Yeah. Boys don't cry. Yeah. I remember I had a joke with my husband two days ago and my son was about thirteen. Mm-hmm. And any little thing my husband would say, No, you can't cry, you're a man. No, you can't do this. You're a man. You're a man. My son just said one day, what's going on? Every time I'm a man, I'm a man. I'm not even finished being a boy. And we lost so much about it. So I said to my husband, I said, he's right. You have yeah. to even finish being a boy. Yeah. You're always is a man. He's a man, you know? And those are the kind of things that don't make boys or men talk. Yeah. You understand? It's African cultural thing of you don't show that you're vulnerable. Yeah. You don't show your emotions. Mm-hmm. And some of them are going through, through a lot. That's very true. And they can't even explain their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that, like you rightly said, that is why they've not been taught some gentlemanliness manners. Mm-hmm. They don't even, they think, oh me, um, I would like put it, when we were growing up, 
It was like a very hip thing when the boy presses your bum. The boy feels he has achieved something. Something, yeah. But it was it's an harassment, like you said. Yeah, sexual harassment. It, it's totally wrong. Such child, when they get home, they should be spoken, talked to. Yeah. That is wrong. That's not right. Yeah. But would, would, would you think parents do that? I no. don't think so. Mm-mm. They don't. They, um, I would like, it's, it's, they joke about it. They laugh about it. Yeah. They tell you things like, He's just, uh, he's just been a boy. He's just been a boy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's just been a boy. Yeah. No, no, he's, no, he's been a sharp boy. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yeah. He's been a sharp boy. Yeah. You, know, you understand? Yeah. But again, that is how it starts. Right. And I, I wanted to add something, right? Because um, sometimes we tend to say, you know, in our community, in our African community, it's very common for us to just say w- certain words carelessly, which actually go a long way. Like when you say words to children, like children who are very, you know, they're expressive, right? I was a very expressive child, but it's like, what did I always hear when I was growing up from my aunties and uncles? I mean, my parents never really said that. I talk too much. Oh, this child, you talk too much. Or you like to report too much. Or you like to complain too much. You, you, you overlike trouble. Like you like trouble too much. You know, so when they tag you with all of those attributes, it actually sometimes affects your, yeah, it affects your confidence, you know. And sometimes certain things which could be serious could actually happen, but you don't want to go talk about it because they will say you talk too much or you complain too much or you know all of those things so i mean even sometimes before the elders want to listen to the child what do you want to say again you talk too much by the way but what do you want to say so it's like you throw those words first that silence the child before you ask them like okay what is it what is it so it's like it even makes the child feel like yeah they will not talk you know it silences them but thankfully i was stubborn (laughs) i was very very stubborn and i would say anything i don't care whether you tell me i talk too much and i was very direct I'm a very direct person. You know, um, I would tell you like it is. And I, I I did not care. I mean, of course, I'm like, as long as my parents are okay with me speaking up, I will speak, you know. So things like that, um, I just wanted, you know, to throw that out there for people to be very aware of the words that they they, they, they say to children. Yes. I, I totally agree with you because, um, like I said, when I spoke to you, I said, I'm like you. Because one of the things I knew growing up for me, I'm one of the last child. And I remember... I was very, I used, I expressed myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember I used to get into a lot of trouble because by everything you say, the next question was always, why? Yeah. Why aren't I allowed to do something? You can't just tell me. I remember my dad, may so rest in peace today's even his birthday. Oh. I remember my dad would say things like, oh, you can't go to party at night. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> What's going to happen at night that can happen during the day? Mm-hmm. He says, oh, no. Um... So many bad things happen at the cover of night. I'm like, Dad, it can happen during the day. Right. It wants to happen. Then he says, then he, one good thing I liked about my dad, he used to say to me, tell me the reason why you want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And being a last child, having five siblings before me, and I remember one of the things I used to say to my parents was, you know what? All the mistakes you made with my elder siblings, you're not going to make them with me. I'm going to correct those things. I remember my sister couldn't go to night parties, but I wanted to go because I wanted, I mean, I'm going to give you a good illustration. That's one of the mistakes parents make a lot. I remember when my son, I mean, I, I used to tell people my son was my guinea pig. Mm-hmm. When he was about 16, he, 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 um, he started going to, um, to clubs with his friends. And I remember I would say, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You need to come home by 
12 o'clock or 11 yeah. o'clock. And you know what I used to do? Like typical African women, I'll put on my slippers, I'll put on my robe, mm-hmm. I'll get into the car, and I'll drive to the front of the club. I'll sit right there. And then my son, and I was, and it was just this, I mean, it was a, it was a small place called Fifth Marysburg. So, yeah. you know, everybody would see my car. And then my son would send me, Mom, are you in the car? I'm like, yeah. This is why. I'm like, it's a public place. I'm allowed to sit anywhere. Am I disturbing you? He goes, oh, shush. Okay, I'm coming down. So he'll come down. And then one day he said to me, mom, can I stay till three o'clock when the club closes? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Only bad children do that. Why must you close with the club? So my husband came, I know. He said to me, let him stay. I'm like, no, no, he must, he must stay. He mustn't go, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And my husband says, let him stay. The first time he stays till three o'clock, you could see such, like, you know what? Like, he conquered the world. Freedom, he yes. Like, you know, <laughs> he, was, he, he was sleeping on his bed with a smile. The following week, by after 11, he was back home. And I'm like, what's going on? Aren't you going to club this night? He says, nah, you know, he was a little bit tired. So the third week, I was going out with my daughter for a coffee. And I just looked back and I found him at home. I'm like, hey, so I call him Bros. I said, Bros, what are you doing here? Aren't you going to club? He said, no, I said, I know you must go to club. You must go to club because if you don't go to club, they will miss you then. Right. You know what he said to me? And I can never forget. He said, mom, you know, you think coming home early, I was missing out on something. But there was really nothing there. Right. And, and I was like, really? So what have I done? I've made him realize that, you know what? I keeping anything away from him. It's just, it's just human nature. Right. They think there's more out there that they are missing mm-hmm. than when you actually say, okay, you know what, that is it. It looks like the, it looks like the jowls which I was telling you about. Right. We need to learn that, you know what, I think one of the problems is that we actually feel that when we educate our children, right? yes, we don't, we do not know that when we educate them, we empower them. Yes. We actually feel that when we educate them on sex, we expose them. Right. No, when we educate them sexually, we empower them. Yes. But when you don't, when you don't, but they actually think it's exposure, you know. Exposure, yeah. Educate them sexually, you're exposing them. They they, they become curious. They want to go and do it. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Empowering them, you're letting them know that no, these are the things you're not allowed to do. Right. You can actually guide themselves. Right. They can actually take care of themselves. Right. Nigerian parents don't want their kids to grow. Oh, yeah. You see a 22 year old girl talking like a kid. Yeah. And for me, some people, some Nigerians would tell, oh, she's sweet. I'm like, no, she's not sweet. (laughs) Right. She's not sweet. She's not acting age appropriate. Right. You're 22. Act like a lady. Right. With confidence. Confidence. All this sugar and sweet spice. (laughs) Don't pass that. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. That's very true. I mean, uh, like you said, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And like I had previously said, I would rather educate my child than to let that child go out to the world and look for education in less reliable places and look for any kind of education, the internet. Yes, you go to the internet and there's so much out there. You don't even know what the child is being exposed to. But once that child has that foundation at home, they would know what is right from what is wrong on the outside when they go out to the world. So knowledge is actually power. Now, yeah, um, again, mm-hmm. and I, sorry, and a lot of African parents do a lot, which I found out without, and I think is ignorance. Right. Yes, it's ignorance. 
you'd find uh, uh, the African mother getting dressed in front of the opposite sex child. Mm-hmm. And they would tell you things like, nah, it's just a child. It doesn't it's just matter. a child, yes. And I keep on saying to them that, no, this is not right. This is not right. Because what you are doing to that poor child is that you are emotionally abusing that child mm. without even you knowing. You are confusing that child. Mm. But again, they don't, they, don't, they don't know it's wrong. Right. Now, when that child grows older, I mean, I've seen a friend and I had to talk to that. Why are you allowing your 10-year-old for the maid to still be dating your 10-year-old? Mm. And, you know, he goes... Oh, no, he's not going to... And I'm like, it's wrong. Yeah. Because he's becoming sexually aware, even if he's yes. not talking about it. Yes. He knows he's different. I mean, you see African parents, which I, I think one of my pet peeves, it kills me. You, you get um, a five-year-old son and your six-year-old daughter, and you put them both in the bathtub, and you scrub them, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what are you doing? It's not, you're not washing clothes. Right, right. <laughs> but they will tell you things like, no, 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 it doesn't really matter. And I'm like, it mm-mm, matters. Mm-mm. It does. It does matter. But again, it's because they don't know any better. Right, right. It's because they don't know any better. And when that boy becomes curious, that's why you see little boys hiding to go look at me. Because... It, it, it's not a sexual thing. Yeah. It's just a curiosity. Yeah. The body is different from his. Yeah. He's wondering, you know, why why isn't anything dangling between her legs? Mm-hmm. Why is mine dangling? Right. I, I can pee and I'm shooting. She's peeing and it's dripping, you know? So many things go through their minds. Right. As young as they are. But parents don't know that. Right. They just right. put them all together. Right. I think it's fine. That's that's very true. And um, so now I want us to digress a little bit and take that aspect of sex education from the home to the schools. I mean, uh, I grew up in Africa through my adolescent years. Um, right just before I became officially an adult, I moved over to the U.S. And going through my primary, secondary and high school years in Africa, I don't remember a single time when sex education was taught in the school. The only time when sex education was somehow taught in schools was through biology, right? Talking about the anatomy of the body. And that was it, you know, and that's basically part of a curriculum. It's a biological curriculum. It's not like um, something extra. You know what I mean? That's something that we're going to be tested on, on, you know, a national level. I mean, they were more, they were preparing us more to be doctors and not even like making us aware of ourselves, right? So what do you think about, like, why Why do you think that, in addition to, of course, the cultural aspect of it, like, what do you think about sex education not being enforced in African schools? And um, what will you ideally think can be done to encourage that? Because this is something very, very important that needs to be addressed. Okay, I'll, um, um, thanks so much for that question because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would say it's something that has actually bothered me a lot, mm-hmm. okay? And I know that, I don't know about other countries, but I know in Nigeria, for example, I've got colleagues who, who um, try to teach um, sexual awareness. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't call it educational, sexual awareness. Mm-hmm. Because you see, in the African setting, apart from culture, mm-hmm. I think it has to do with mentality again, you understand? Like I said, you see, you cannot take um, sex in isolation. Right. You can't. 
because of those because of who we are as Africans. Yeah. You can't take I mean, that is what sex has been all about. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's until you come. I mean, let me digress a little bit. I used to say to somebody, when I was growing up, which I found funny till now, I remember people would do this to you, you know, like the sign, do this to you. And, I, and people start to cry. And, I, and I'm like, okay, why are you crying? They say, oh, it means the person is abusing your mother. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It intrigued me so much that, okay, what are the five fingers got to do with your mom? Yeah. I didn't understand it for a long time. You understand? Yeah. And what am I trying to say to you? You can't get angry over what you don't know. Right, right. You understand? You can't react to what you don't know. And that is the same bottom line. Mm-hmm. line. Now, Africans believe sex goes with a particular thing. Yeah. The moment you start teaching, but they don't understand that sex is so broad yeah. that you can actually teach it in, a, in, in age-appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. But the moment you mention the word sex, you know, it sends flyers into everybody's head. I mean, I, I always use myself as an example. I say to people, I'm in a, I'm in a profession that is highly stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Highly stigmatized. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy for you to wake up today and tell me, oh no, Lola, I'm going to see my dentist. Oh, Lola, I'm going to see my nurse. Yeah. Oh, Lola, I'm going to see my doctor. Would you tell me, Lola, I'm going to see my psychologist? Or a sex therapist. <laughs> or sex, ah, right. You, you, the first thing that comes to my mind is when you tell me, um, I remember when I first qualified and people tell me, oh, you're a psychologist. I'm like, yeah. Can you read my mind? I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not a sangoma. I'm not a witch doctor. I don't read minds. Right. You understand? So, you know, it's it, it just what has been put out there that people know. So how do we decentralize that right now? I know that, like I said, I know in Nigeria there's a lot going on. You know, people are trying to become, mm-hmm. um, you know, educate children mm-hmm. with sex um, appropriate context. Yeah. You understand? Um, I know that um, in South Africa, for example, because there's high, uh, high rate of um, sexual abuse and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in the, in, the, in, the, in the very young age, they even teach them songs that has to do with, yeah, they teach them songs wow. like, uh, I think it's in Zulu, yeah, if you touch my pee-pee, I need to call the police. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, they have a friend, she's, um, she's um, um, an advocate for sexual abuse. She has the alphabet for the ABC, the A to Z wow. about your body anatomy. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, but the world pay, another factor you have to realize is that in Nigeria, education, is, I mean, in Africa, rather, education is mostly determinant on parents. Yeah. Because it's purely public. So, with a school, most schools, we look at it from the point of view of, okay, if I have 100 children and 80 of them do not want me to teach. I'm going to be losing 80 income. Yeah. Now that you understand what I'm trying to say, they're putting it back to them. But again, I think they can actually introduce it in a very subtle manner. Mm-hmm. In a very subtle manner that, I mean, like you rightly said, we did it in biology. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't do, we did reproductive organs. Yes. But uh, if I can remember, I don't think we did reproductive organs in a way that you know that 
you having sex can lead to pregnancy. Can lead to, yeah. No, 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 no. We jumped that part. Yeah. We we started from we the just, part of when the egg gets when the egg yeah get yeah when the sperm meets the egg they don't talk about like egg. the sex part or the so, intimacy yeah no no so again out of the sperm meet the egg right nobody ever talked about that you understand yeah so those are the kind of things I would advocate that Africa gets to a stage where they become aware of their sexuality mm-hmm. and realize that it's not it's not something bad yeah it's it's it's, it's actually a necessity, right? Are we gonna Are we gonna get there? Hopefully, yes, yeah. <laughs> no, we are. No, no, no. I, I I don't know if you remember there was a time when being HIV positive was like a, was a taboo. Sentence. Yeah, that sentence. They didn't even want to talk about it. Right. You understand? People having cancer, they didn't want. They didn't even want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I I always said to myself. I mean, I use myself a lot as an example when I'm talking to people. When I got married. I didn't, I mean, as an African woman, I didn't have kids on time. Mm. Okay. And I remember it was like a big, it was as, it was as if I had the whole world on my show. I mean, it was, it was massive. Mm. But like I said, again, I, 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 I had a partner that was very understanding. Right. And I remember my husband used to say to me then after the, after the first five years, then it became a massive problem for me mm. because I used to like, my used to say to me that you would have died before the child comes. Yeah. The way at which you're crying, 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 crying. It wasn't more of me. It was more of societal societal pressure. pressure. Yeah. On me. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. It was more of societal pressure on me. And I, you know, I used to ask myself so many questions. When I look back now and I and I look at my children, I laugh. I laugh because I said to myself, if only I had been a little bit more aware mm. that you know what? Some of the things I think were like so massive could have been, I didn't have to take it that way, but it was lack of, I wouldn't say lack of exposure for me. It was lack of understanding. Yeah. Awareness. Lack of knowing that, you know, society, but in Africa, we're, we're, we're culturally and traditionally imbibed into so many things. Yeah. We, we need to, we need to like kind of distinguish ourselves a little bit from it yeah. before we can move forward. Yeah. If you go to Africa now, I, I'm telling you for free, if you go to 10 schools and you just go there and say, you know what, I want to teach sex education, they're oh, not yeah. going to be the audience. They're not. Good. But if I go in there and I say to them, oh no, um, you know what, I want to teach our children how to take care of their body parts. Oh, that's really beautiful. Mm. You and I are saying the same thing. Right. But in different languages. Different languages, yeah. That's very true. You understand? Because we hide, we there are some words that I think are just a little bit too, too mm, in your face. Mm. And sex happens, just happens to be one of it. Right. That's, right. You don't just you don't just you don't just throw it around. Throw it around carelessly, right? <laughs> Yeah, you take your time in, 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 in you, you have to like, I would like to say, you have to like modify it, you know, you have to like really, it's like a cake. Yes. Dress it up. Yeah. So now uh, coming back home, right? What do you do when your child asks about sex for the parents who hopefully have learned something from this conversation and are willing to, you know, be more open to or more receptive to the children's quest? for their sexuality or their bodies and stuff like that. Now, if a child comes to a parent and says, hey, mom or dad, 
like what is sex like when they ask not necessarily only what is sex but just anything sex related so what do you do when your child asks about that well i would i would always advocate that you need to be very open about it right and you just need to be age appropriate about it i mean if for example um a six-year-old comes to you i think you should be able to like you know say it in such subtle way mm-hmm. it's not too much but it's not what you're going to tell a six-year-old they're going to be telling a 15 or 16 year old mm-hmm. no that's you're confusing that child a 16 year old should be able to know that okay you know at this age, i mean let's just say a female child for example mm-hmm. at this age this and this and these are the things that your body goes through mm-hmm. this and these are the consequences of if you do this this can happen if you do that that can happen i mean but the same way you should be able to tell the six year old that okay you know what you should learn to protect yourself. Right. If this person touches you in such a way, if this person says such things to you, this is this and this and this is the thing you're supposed to do. Right. You understand? You you can't tell a six you can't tell a six year old, for example, oh no, um, don't be in a party in a room alone with. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. It's not going to happen. You understand? Do I mean that's when you come into things like? I've seen parents tell me things like, oh, no, that's why I don't allow my children to do sleepovers. <laughs> and I'm like, what has it got to do with it? Right. You understand? Do abuse happen in sleepovers? Yeah, they could. Well, I would not say yes or no. I'm not, I've never seen, I've never had any experience of it, you understand? Mm-hmm. But I've seen a situation where a friend's daughter, and that is where you teach your child proper sex um, things, she went for a sleepover and she felt funny because when she got there, um, number one, it was a house full of all the boys. Mm. When I say all the boys, I think um, the mom or the dad had junior brothers and uh, living with them. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I'm talking about this child was in like primary school. Mm-hmm. The older boys were in that city, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were like fooling around, fooling around with the little girls. Mm. something like come here shake your bum let's mm. see what your bum oh your bum is big and this and girl but luckily she's been well trained right she picks up the f- she just tells one of them please can i call my mom and she calls the mom and says mom i need you to come pick me i don't want to stay here right and then when the mom came she told the mom like no that um the older the older uncles were they, they, they may they may have said it as a joke I'm not going to say anything was going to happen. I'm not going to say, I mean, it, it could have gone anyway, but at least she was smart enough to know that, okay, because I've been taught that this is not right. Mm-hmm. It can lead somewhere. She was able to call the mom and say, come pick me. Mm-hmm. And she went home. So that is, that is one of the advantages of teaching your children mm-hmm. on time what sex awareness I would call it a sexual awareness and it should be age appropriate. Right, right. Teach the six-year-old, teach the eight-year-old, teach the nine-year-old, 16-year-old, you know, 20-year-old. I think, and that's why we, we need, you need to put them into, into um, like groups. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can say from five to maybe seven. Yes. Because people are changing and things are changing. Normally it would have been maybe five to nine. Right. You know, not anymore. The nine-year-old is actually taken out now. So maybe it will be from nine to maybe 12, then maybe 
13 to 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And when they become young adults from 18, because to be honest with you, you there's a little of, there's very little you can do in controlling from the 18 upwards. Mm-hmm. Just have to- very true. That's very true. No, there's very little you can do. You just have to be a little bit more open. Yeah. Sometimes I even think 18 is, 18 is too old. Like from 15, like 15, 16, like they're already know it all, do it all. <laughs> you know, is that age where they think they know it all. Like they know everything. No, no, but I was reading, I was, I was reading something on the internet the other day. It was a big argument about some mother that, um, I think she, she put her daughter on the pill mm-hmm. and people were like, you know, you shouldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And I was saying to myself, hmm, interesting conversation because it depends on how she's thinking. She just might be thinking, okay, you know what? This child may or may not be sexually active. Yeah. Does this child know how to protect herself? Mm-hmm. You understand? Does this child know how to protect herself? Okay. Even if she does know how to protect herself, is she going to be regular about it? Right. So maybe that's what she did. Right. Is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. I'm not going to judge that. Right. She knows what she did better. I mean, and that's why I always say to people, when you haven't walked in people's shoes, try not to judge what it's all about. Yeah. Because they know the reason they are doing what they're doing. True. That's very true. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, we're toward the end of this conversation and, um, we have, you know, spoken about so much and you have shared with us a lot of things that hopefully, you know, help the community. Now, just to summarize everything, I wanted us to come up with a few action steps that we can give to the members of our African community to take home and, you know, implement in the households or in their communities or their circles. Now, um, what action steps can, do you, would you recommend or would you advise, um, you know, the members of the African community to take in order to promote sex education? I think the first step every African community should take is we need to be open. Yes. Okay. We, we need to stop being judgmental. Oh, yes. We need to, I think that is part of the problems we have in the African community. You see a lot of people going through sexual issues. They step out of the African community and go somewhere else where they would, where they would not be judged. Yeah. Yes, a lot of African parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they have these goody two shoes they want to show out there. Mm-hmm. So the children too must be goody two shoes. That is why you see African parents decide on um, the profession of their children. Yes. You see a child that is very musically inclined would have been the next Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. When you're telling that child, no, you're going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's true. What are you doing? That's very you true. So I think one of the best things African parents should learn to do is we should be more open. Yes. We should be very open and we should be true to ourselves. Yeah. We should be very true to ourselves. We should be able to know that, you know what? Hey, sex is here for real. It's not going anywhere. Right. It's not going, it's not, no, sex is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's been there before we were born. It's, it was there during the days of our forefathers. It's, it's always going to, I mean, it's just, it's never going to go anywhere. It's not, right. it's not like 
something that is going to go. It's never going to go. So it's, it's, it's there for real. So what do we do? I think we should start as Africans to start embracing what it's all about, being real to ourselves. You understand? Right. Yes, we can, we can do it in a very subtle manner. Mm-hmm. But not talking about it at all, I think is an injustice. Yes, that's very true. It's a total injustice not talking about it. It's just like you, at this century of our lives, being uneducated. Yeah. That's societal. Yeah. That's societal. That's true. Yeah. And again, I wanted to add, you know, creating that safe space. It's very important. That will be my theme throughout because it's very important. You know, not having a safe space will basically disregard the purpose of communication. Right. So we have to make sure that we create that safe environment where uh, children or our peers or members in our circuits will be encouraged to step up and speak up. You know, so um, I I, I really feel like it's very important for not only sex education, just for for anything for everything yeah everything mm-hmm. right you know it's very important like i said to people you, you should have a safe space that you don't even think of am i going to be judged yeah you understand you should be able to step into a place but what was again bit of the africanness in most of us when something happens it's always like um an exclamation yeah before a treatment mm-hmm. it's always like First, an exclamation. Yeah, a reaction, oh. like emotional reaction. Reaction first. <laughs> why don't you even just let us look at the situation first? Mm-hmm. You understand? And mm-hmm. then let's see why this person is in this. It's in this situation. Somebody comes to meet you. A child comes to meet you. Um, oh, mom, um, what's a lesbian? Oh, how am I not a lesbian? How right, <laughs> right. Why? Or like, how, why would you even think like that? Like, who told you? Who taught you? Where did you see that from? You know, it's like all the attacks before you sit back and you're like, oh, okay, so. And guess what? And guess what? Some children, that's just the end of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even adults. Yeah, that's the end. That's very and, true. And, and, that is what happens, and that is what happens with sexual education. Yeah. African continent. When you bring up the words, I mean, a typical African child, um, a mom or dad, um, what are the sexual, um, like, let me say a good example of a 20, not like an 18 year old. I mean, mm-hmm. what are the different sexual positions? Hey, like, how did you even know about sex? <laughs> Come here. We're going to see the doctor. Are you pregnant? Are you, you're like, yeah. And that child, what do, what do, the, what do those such children do? Some of them would go, go and find out for themselves. Their some of them would go back to the internet and read it. I mean, thank God for internet now. They can actually read it up. Mm-hmm. But again, when they now encounter a problem, they can come back to you. Right. They, they can't. Can. Yeah. Because you've already put a you silence them. barricade there. Yeah. You've, no, you've, it's like a silent thing that we don't talk about. Mm. And it's 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 bad yeah. because the, the earlier we, we get past that, the better for all of us. Yeah. The better we can move forward. Yeah. Because then everybody becomes extremely. I I I I don't know. I don't know if it is true. I always say to myself that the moment we demystify sex, we would have less sexual abuse. Yeah, that's yes. true. Because then it's not a big deal. Yeah. Then it's not a big deal. Then people can speak up. People can actually point at people that okay, this person did this, that. But because people know that 
when you do those things, mm-hmm. because it's a kind of a stigma, you don't even want, and that's why you see people that are get abused, they don't even talk about it sometimes. Right. Just keep quiet because they don't want to be judged. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you, you ask yourself, can Africa get to that level? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. It's just, it's just, um, I call it is a moving train. We're going to get there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's slowly but surely. Beginning to step out. Yeah. People are beginning to step out. Like I said, I know a lot of, of my friends and that is what they, they teach. Awesome. You know, and, and from the, I mean, I'm talking from the, from the very small level, mm-hmm. you know, but it just has to be most important thing. Sex education has to be age appropriate. Right. Thank you so much. Um, it's been such a wonderful conversation. I can't even stress that enough. And so, uh, how do the listeners reach out to you? I mean, you have spilled so much wisdom here, and I'm very sure that a lot of people will be reaching out, trying to maybe use your services or patronize your services one way or the other. So, how can people reach out to you? Um, I, I think in my bag, I told you that um, I'm actually based in South Africa. Yes. Um, I'm based in South Africa. I'm based in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. I used to live in a small place called Peter Marisburg before. Right. But I'm now in, in Johannesburg. And then I have um, an outreach called Real Issues with Lola. And basically what I try to do with that, I mean, that's my passion, is to change the mindset of people. To um, So to reach me, you can do um, Real Issues with Lola at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Same thing with for my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Twitter handles. Is real issues with Lola, but most of the time it is down. Then you can reach me on my personal um, um, handles, which is um, Lola Badi Aluko. Right. This time around is L O L A. Right. But the real issues is real issues with Lola and L A W L A. Okay. Thank you very much. And I will be including all your contact information in the show notes just for the, you know, for the listeners, for them to, you know, reach out to you whenever they want. And um, uh, do you have any last words before we close? Yes. And that is one of the things I've been wanting to always advocate as an African. I think one of the problems we have as Africans is we find it very easy. And that is where culture comes in. Right. We find it very easy to go to, um, and I'm now, I'm not being um, xenophobic. I'm just being me. Mm-hmm. Um, we find it very easy to go to the white person to say, okay, you know what, I've got this problem. But I always say to people that it's easier when you are dealing with somebody that understands your culture, right? understands where you're coming from. You know, it's easy to understand that, okay, this is what the culture is all about. This is what the tradition is all about. This is what it's all about. And that, that we can we can actually relate better. Right. You understand? And most importantly, I will keep on stressing it. I think in Africa and in, for most Africans, earlier we embraced and know that sex is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here after I've gone, after you've gone, after everybody. It's going to continue. Right then the earlier we will be able to deal with it, it as simplified as possible for everybody that comes across it. In future, is it going to be easy? I can tell you, yes. Yeah. It will be. It's going to be like a discussion that everybody's system, like having a banter over. over That's very true. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's been, how will I put it? It's been um, nice. Yeah. I was able to be myself. It's been refreshing. (laughs) It was very was well, a breath of fresh air. Right. To be honest, it was a breath of fresh air. Um, this is like my husband says, this is me in my element. In your zone, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, we're still going to have more conversations and th- on this for sure, you know. And that's yeah, when yeah. we're really going to go deep and dirty <laughs> into yeah, everything. Yeah, no yeah, pun yeah. intended. That's <laughs> where we all go bounds. Right. Barriers. Because, see, like you rightly said, and I'm very, I will be very honest with you. I, I, I went through your podcast and I'm like, you know what? It's high time. Whatever you're doing, this is high time. We did this. Because, yes. See, we've been putting a, like a little veil over ourselves for so long. Right. It's time to take away that veil. Yes. Yes. That's we got to sweep below that rug. We're pushing things through under the rug. Yeah, we got to lift that rug up. <laughs> yeah, this thing, they're out there. They're happening every day. Yes. But we decided to put a veil over our faces so that, you know what, we just hide. Like I used to use this word to my friends. I say, you know what, as big as my head is right now, I decide to cover my face with just one finger. Yes. What am I fooling? I'm fooling myself. Right. Because that's true. My face. Yeah, that's very true. So, I'm, 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 I'm very, very, very honored to be on your program. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I really, I really, really appreciate it. And I definitely will be keeping in touch with you. And so far, I just hope that our listeners have learned one or two or many several things from this episode. And I hope that the conversation does not only end here, right? So I hope that the listeners take these conversations to their circles and have these uncomfortable conversations because that's what the podcast is all about. We got to break those stereotypes, break those cultural and societal ideologies that affect the well-being of our African community and try to have this open conversations about things that we would normally not have conversations on otherwise you know so um I really want to thank you again for coming and um we will catch the listeners on the next episode (laughs) bye That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo. Fombard. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.